Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. Everybody doing good? Yeah. I want to echo uh, Kimberly in saying thank you, uh, especially in your giving that we were able to put on our camp this week. But but a lot of the people, really and truly what made it happen was so many of you volunteered and you volunteer in our children's ministry, volunteered at our camps. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a tremendous, tremendous week. But uh, long before any of that happened, probably six months ago is when the planning and all the implementation of all of this starts. And I am so excited. I'm so thankful for what God is doing in our our children's ministry, and that is under the ministry of Kimberly Pinson, our children's pastor. She's doing a great job. So we love you, and I'm so, I'm so thankful uh, for all that God is doing. Uh, last week, uh, you, you probably saw this service, but maybe not the other services. At the beginning of the, the Sunday, we had seven scheduled for baptism. By the end of the Sunday, uh, last week, last week, we baptized 19 people. So, Yeah. So praise Jesus, awesome, awesome uh, Sunday. And I want to kind of piggyback on what we talked about with our children's uh, day camp. And I want to do a a sermon today uh, about parenting. And the reason I wanted to do is because I've I've done this from time to time, and we'll certainly do it again, but it's always my perspective as a parent, what you should do. And I thought it would be really interesting to do it from a child's perspective and what they saw and and thought about. And I have a little, we have a little window here uh, with our uh, adult daughter who's home, who's uh, graduated, but about to go off uh, into school. And so I asked her, hey, you want to, you want to preach with me one Sunday? And, And so it's been a lot of fun preparing for this. So if you would, please welcome my daughter. Daughter Olivia Whitfield. Yeah. I love you. Olivia is a kind of a touch me not kind of a person, so we had to like practice our hug. So <laughs> you have to hug me like we love each other. So, um, so uh, as we as we talked about how we're going to start this, I think there's two things that are kind of important for you to understand foundationally about what we're going to do today. And, and the first is I really want to do this with humility. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of our successes and things that turned out right. But man, if, if I present myself, if Mel and I present ourselves as these perfect parents who raised this perfect child, first of all, it's not true. But even if it was true, you'd be like, okay, well, I'm out. I've been a parent for two days and I've already blown it. And so that doesn't help anyone. And, and then, then that's, not, that's not true about our life or anyone else. Man, God's grace covers you so much uh, when you do that. Now, we are going to talk about some of our successes, but please, please, here with humility that I didn't do everything right uh, by any stretch of the imagination. That's kind of where we started our discussion. So just let them know. Yes. I always say that if um, there's a crisis or something and I'm in need that I will not call dad, I will call mom. And um, (laughs) where this stems from is a story that um, we are on our way with some family friends to um, Port Aransas. And so we are on a ferry um, and my, all four of my fingers got slammed in the door, um, which of course hurts. Yes. Um, but instead of a normal person 
person opening the door, dad decides to grab my hand and rip it out. <laughs> and so um, then I had scabs on all four fingers um, the rest of the trip at the beach with sea which sal- sea salt water. water which, perfect. Mm, so all week long, yeah. she'd cry and be like, shush, your mom's going to hear. And, I, you know, so so no perfection here within within uh, that. And, you know, we'll talk about some of your faults later, <laughs> later on. So, so certainly not, you know, anyone uh, perfect. But the second thing that I think is really important for you to understand. I think some people have a wrong misconception of of our family because of what I do as a pastor. Almost like we got a pass. Like it was it was easier for us. It was, you know, our children were just reading the Bible by the time they were 1 year old and you know by the time they were 3 leading their friends to Christ and th- you know just an unrealistic expectation like we didn't have to raise our children in the real world in exactly the same way you did. So we had to deal with the ups and downs, you know, the, the 13-year-old girl emotions. We had to, you, you know, like some days we would watch her door to see which Olivia was coming out of the room. Uh, and, and then also, uh, it, it's not so long ago that we don't understand either. Uh, we had to raise you completely all the way through with cell phones and had to deal with that, which, you know, is such a prominent thing today. So we, we understand those things. We didn't get a pass. It was just because I was a pastor, we had to be raised regular parents, right? Yeah. I remember there was one specific time in Creed. I'm going to out you a little bit. My brother's sitting right there. Um, he got in trouble and um, somebody said, you know, oh, you should be the example. You're the pastor's son. And I remember my mom going and, you know, talking with her kindly, but saying, no, he's still a kid. He Just because his dad is a pastor doesn't mean he's perfect. Um, and so we, he, you know, that kind of started the saying of like, whether um, he was a pastor or a plumber, they would still raise us the same. And um, it was cool because I remember her saying that, but it was so true. Like looking back, I'm like, yes, they would have. Um, it doesn't matter your occupation. It's kind of, in a way, it's a job. It, it's just yeah. a job. And to us, that was just, yeah, my dad was a pastor, but that didn't mean um, I had to be perfect. I mean, I still messed up and made mistakes, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But um, uh we got to still be kids and um, I didn't realize how rare that kind of was until I got to um, college and I met a ton of other pastors kids and they all felt pressure to be perfect um, from not just their parents but also the people in the church and so I want to thank y'all for letting Creed and I grow up and be kids that means a lot so thank y'all yeah and that one time really was the exception you guys were great and just treated them you know like Mm -hmm. they just got to be kids and so it was wonderful so with those kind of foundations in mind we thought we'd do this uh, in different segments so if you're a parent or want to be a parent you'll, you'll find value in all of this so we're going to do as you're raising young children then as you're raising teenagers and then some things to do with adult children so kind of different stages so uh, the Bible in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 has what I think is the, the best example of, of raising uh, young children and because if you think about your young children the number one thing that you want to have happen with young children is to pass on your faith to them is to make sure that they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and, and this passage is so applicable about how to do that it's not it's not philosophical or theoretical. It gets down into do this. This is how it really is passed on from one generation to the next. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 4 and following says, Listen, Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. 
These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on the city gates. And so as I've read that verse to you or preached it over the years, I I think I've done a better job of the second half, which is as you walk along and as you, you know, just bringing Jesus into everything that that sometimes I've not done, I don't think as good of a job on the front end, which is, hey, start out with you as your parent. You love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. You're going to pass on to them so much of who you are, more than actually probably what you teach them. So you love the Lord your God, and then we'll talk about the, the rest later. So, so how do you, you know, how did you think about that growing up? Especially because we just talked about, hey, you got your pastor's kid. Yeah, I remember um, when we were talking about this, I was like, what was the first kind of memory I had? Um, but I always remember that um, both mom and him had their own personal relationship with the Lord. And um, it kind of started with reading their Bibles. And um, mom, she has a pouch. It's purple and it has a ton of different colored pencils. Um, and she draws in her Bible and makes it really pretty. And then dad will either sit in his closet at his desk or on the porch. Um, and he'll <laughs> kind of looks like he's staring off into space a little bit. <laughs> but um, I know he's praying, but it does look like he's just staring off. But um, they have their own relationship with the Lord and they read their Bible um, themselves and they um, have taught us how to do that. And um, through teaching us, we kind of started when we were younger, um, we, before we would go to bed, we would sit and um, read a passage or a story or something. And then um, they would take turns asking us questions, um, asking me creed one and then me one. Um, And based on our age and it was really cool because um, they would ask us who, what, when, where, why, and how questions based on the story. And so my favorite was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and so I just remember us sitting down and saying, okay, well, what do you think they were feeling? And how is how do you think you can live this in your everyday life? And things like that. And so whenever later on when I was older and they said, all right, go read your Bible, it wasn't like they were just throwing me to the wolves and saying, you know, just read these words. I understood how to... Um, ask myself those questions and um, know how they were applicable to my life now. And I had the foundation of, you know, reading my Bible with my family and then could take that into my own personal relationship with the Lord and knew how to do that. Yeah, and we, we, someone taught me those questions when I was in, in college. We teach those in our connections class, how to ask those and pull out from those. And, and to be clear, don't get a misconception. This wasn't, all right, children, let's sit around and do family devotionals. You know, like, oh, you, you know, it was like, let's read this amazing story and, you know, like, oh, see this, this adventure unfold of people who are chasing after Jesus. And let's, let's learn to ask these questions and dig it out for ourselves. And it really, it, it was, was fun. fun. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. So, so please don't get this idea of like, uh, you know, this, this horrible thing that you just got to do. You know, we, we love Jesus, so we're going to be miserable. That, that's, not, that's not what it was at all. And, and so, but, but seeing that and, and trying to, to uh, pass those on are very important. And so you, then, you know, as you go older, you know, uh, you teach them as you go along the road. You teach them as you get up and just, just learning how to, to follow Jesus in your life. And so you had to learn that uh, in, in our church as well. Like, what does it mean? Because we have the connections. We love, we grow, we give, we go. We, 
you know, she talked about, she saw us doing those things. You remember, like even us having a community group at our house, things like that. Yes, I saw them, you know, serving one worship one, and that looks different from dad and mom, but serving one worship one, tithing, offerings, just different things like that where they were doing it, and therefore I knew how to do it. Um, whenever I was in fifth or sixth grade, we didn't have... Um, Fifth or fifth and was it fifty six club or something? Club fifty six. Club yes, fifty six. Yeah. Um, we didn't have that back then, and so starting in fifth grade, um, I served one and I worshipped one, and I did that all the way through my senior year, and then was able to take that into college. And um, I have been tithing ever since. I would get paid to read books, um, specific books, not just on books. <laughs> but <laughs> we chose the books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I would tithe ten percent, save ten percent, and um, spend the other eighty. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> Well, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, Livy, one time I was like, she asked to go do something kind of fun. And uh, and I was like, well, pay for it. She's like, I don't have any more money in my in, in my spend account. I was like, well, babe, that's why you have saved for these big moments to do that. And she was like, oh, I already spent that money too. You know? So so didn't all connect right away, right? So we, so, so you really do. I, I think the big idea is for your children when they're, when they're little is, okay, you've, you've got to learn how to live out your faith in front of your children. Uh, you've got to learn how to internalize that and make that your own. I, I think what, what she said is really important that your children don't see this is the place where the Jesus stuff happens. And then my life is, is, is separate because that's teaching them. And I was so afraid of that. Like I was so afraid that th- then they would be like, oh, that's just his job. We don't really Jesus isn't really that important, but your, your kids would be no different. If they see a difference where this is the Jesus place, but then that's the life place, they're going to miss that. So you do that, but then learn to just pass that on little by little by little. And it's amazing how they can connect. So, yeah, I remember there was one time, um, I think it was middle school that somebody came up to me and asked, is your dad really the same on stage as he is off? And I was like, that's kind of a weird question. I didn't say that, but I was like, that's kind of a weird question. And I had never thought about it. Like, of course he was the same. Um, and I think had he been different on stage and at home, then it really would have tarnished, um, his ministry with Creed and I, um, because your family is your first mission field. Um, and if you're teaching them to be one way at church and one way at home, then, you're their leader, then how are you going to expect them to be the same um, and follow Christ in the same way? So, yeah. So I think that was a big, huge thing growing up is he was the exact same. So yeah, most of the time we did laugh that, you know, most of the, most of River Valley's never heard me yell at them and you have, yes, I so, have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on more than one occasion, yeah. but so, oh, now, so this was fun. So we were like, okay, how can we, what, what do we want to do with, with teenagers? And I was like, I've got it. Because when they were real little, our kids were real little. The first uh, verse we had them memorize was John three sixteen. The second verse was Ephesians 6, 1 that we're, that we're going to read. And I asked Liv, I was like, hey, do you remember um, uh, memorizing this growing up? I didn't and at all. <laughs> she didn't remember memorizing it. She didn't remember what it was. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, you know, so yeah. So, so I was like, well, this, I think this is a really good verse for us to use. So yes. you have. I have re-memorized it this week. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. So. It is, um, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. So this is Ephesians 6.1. And I think as you, as you come out of uh, having children or having uh, younger children to teenagers, it's just such a different dynamic that you need to reset expectations and help them understand uh, this, is, this is how we're going to go in the next uh, 
uh, six years till you, you graduate high school. And um, this is what we want it to look like. And I remember very clearly having that conversation with Liv, but I asked her and you remember it too, like sitting down. Yeah, I remember super clearly right before I started seventh grade, which here is transitioning from intermediate school to middle school. I remember them sitting um, me down and saying, Olivia, the next six years of your life are what you make them. Um, you can choose to obey our rules and listen to us and follow our direction or, and we can have fun at home, or you can choose to disobey us and we're going to crank down on these rules and we're going to do whatever it takes to, you know, keep you away from that. And that doesn't, that's not excluding, you know, pulling you out of school and homeschooling you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and I knew they were serious. Um, and so I, you know, kind of, I guess, butted heads with you a little bit, seventh grade. Um, yeah. But then um, I did get grounded for an entire summer one time. So let's, let's talk about yeah, that. Let's yeah, do. let's uh, Yeah, so. <laughs> um, I, so there's an app and it's called Snapchat and you can take a picture and then put, it, put text on it and then send it to your friends and it disappears after so long, you know, 10 seconds or a minute or whatever it was back then. Um, and I could only have girl, like specific girlfriends on there that they knew and they approved. And um, I couldn't have any boys on there. I could text them, but I couldn't Snapchat them because my parents read my text messages. And um, I decided not to listen to that rule. And I added Snap, or I added some boys on Snapchat and I was Snapchatting them and uh, they found out. And I did get grounded the whole summer. Um, and <laughs> I mean, this was right after school got out. And then I didn't get my phone back until first day of school school um, the next year. And I remember kind of being upset, of course. Um, but then at the end of summer, going up to mom and saying, you know, it kind of does stink that I didn't have a phone all summer, but I'm so glad. I had so much fun this summer hanging out with y'all, and I still got to see my friends. It just um, didn't get to text them or whatever, and um, I had a lot of fun. But I did know after that that they meant business, um, and they were not messing around. Um, and so I kind of started from then on. I didn't really... Um, push the boundaries too much because I knew what was going to happen. Yeah, so. and and our children were raised. They were convinced that because we were the pastor, you know, I was pastor of this large church that we had like throughout Bastrop and Cedar Creek over a thousand spies, and so so and, <laughs> still believe and, it. And, and, and still, like we knew everyone, and everyone was watching. In fact, when you were a senior, it was funny. They they did dual credit, and they hadn't started yet, so they had to just sit in the cafeteria, but. She decided instead of sitting in the cafeteria, she, you know, almost the exact same thing as high school is go to Bucky's. And so she, you know, walked out the back door and went to Bucky's. As soon as she walked in the door, she saw someone from River Valley and uh, they were like, hey, Libby, what are you doing? Should you be in school? She was like, oh. And uh, so immediately Libby calls me and goes, all right, here's what happened. All right. Then, uh, just, just so you know, you know, and so. So, but we did, we prayed and we told our kids like, we're going to pray early on. If you're, if you're disobeying, if you're, you know, have a sense of rebellion about you that you're going to get caught. And uh, she, she did in that. And that really helped us to like, Hey, we want to let this out. And, and Mel and I struggled a little bit with this. We were talking last week. I don't know if you, uh, on Amazon, there's a new documentary called Shiny Happy People about the Duggars and their, their family and how they raise and some of the really uh, kind of overt heavy handedness uh, that, that has not turned out well in, in some cases. And one of the verses they use is this verse, this obey your children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And it bothered us because we did not, Mel and I didn't want to be perceived in that way and connected with that 
Um, and uh, this, this heavy-handed art, you're, a, you're, you're now a teenager. Here's the rules, and here's what you should follow and everything. And I think the difference as we've kind of processed through and watched that and, and talked with Liv and thought about our own philosophy is, is we want to help you understand the rules because there, there are boundaries that, that make good sense so that you do not get in trouble, like not texting, not Snapchatting boys where we can't help you uh, deal with that. If we can't help you because it's, it's disappearing, then you're 13. You're not emotionally ready to deal with that. It's not that we don't want you to text with boys. We want you to text with boys. We want you to date. Now uh, they're like, please date somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Olivia is still, uh, still not married. So if, if you're single, her number is 512. Uh, <laughs> you know? so, so yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't this heavy handed, here's the rules. And because our philosophy is by the time you get to be about a, a, a senior, that we want you to have enough freedom to run your own life as if you would when you go off to college or military or workforce or whatever it is you do next. So, so we want to continue to give you freedom in that, that you understand and internalize those rules because they make sense for protection uh, in your life and how that goes. And so I, I think that's, that's really important that people understand it wasn't, it wasn't that heavy handedness. It, it, there was, there was some freedom uh, in that. Uh, and so that meant that we've, we've got to kind of learn because if you're going to have that philosophy, the worst thing you can do is say, Hey, you got freedoms, more freedoms over here, but you've got to go commensurate with that with responsibilities. It's horrible to say, hey, you got all the freedom in the world, but don't worry about doing anything responsible. So we would, we would try to add those responsibilities with you. You kind of remember that. Yeah. I always remember, and I'm sure Crete does too, whenever we heard, we would wake up in the morning, if we heard 80s music, we knew it was cleaning day. And we were going to spend <laughs> all of Saturday morning listening to blaring 80s music and cleaning the house. Um, and so She has PTSD from Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think about sweeping and I'm like, oh. <laughs> but um, we would clean the house ever since we were young. And, um, and then even just whenever I got into seventh grade and, you know, I had athletics and we had um, uniforms and I only had two for five days or whatever. So starting then I did all of my own laundry um, and we didn't, you know, that doesn't mean like we were doing all of it, just like our own, but we were doing all of our own laundry. And um cleaned our own room and had our own money because we had jobs, but we had responsibilities too, and we knew that, so. Yeah, and as those go up, those went up as well, and and our, our this kind of really got solidified for us. We had a friend that, that they took their daughter to college, and uh, during orientation, so like, they're literally there, they're about to drop their kid, their kid is going to leave, or they're going to leave, and they're going to leave their kid at college, so this is like the first day of college, and, and our friend said this, uh, in this big lecture hall, he said, how many of you who are students, raise your hand if this is true. He said, you've never uh, cleaned your own room. He said, about half of the students raised their hand. He said, how many of you raise your hand? Uh, you've never had to make any of your own meals, even basic meals. About half of them, again, raise their hand. How many of you have never had to do your own laundry? About half of them, again, raise their hand. The, the lecturer said, if you are a parent and your student raised their hand, you failed. <laughs> I mean, and it was like, oh, <gasps> And he said, think about what just happened. He goes, you're leaving in an hour and your kids don't know how to cook, clean, or do laundry for themselves. He says, this is college. We're going to teach them 
how to, we're going to give them an education. He goes, it's not our job to teach them how to do their clothes. That was your job, and now that you've left them unprepared. And that really stuck, stuck with us. And so, so our idea was like, we're going we're gonna to make sure that you understand life skills and, and, and responsibilities and what to do. Because as you go off to college, it's not going to be this great transition. You're already doing those things to, to a, a, a large extent. And I think that really, really helped us. Uh, so for us as well, uh, we wanted to be real careful when, we were in, uh, when they were in middle school and high school. We're really family-oriented. We like having family. Mel cooks a lot. We sit around the table. We, we love that. And so, so as you get older, there's some things that are going to kind of push up against that. And, and you're going to have to decide how those work. And so you remember that. Yeah. I remember making, having to make the choice between um, I had made varsity cheer my sophomore year, and, but I was also competitive dancing. Um, and I had to make the choice of which one I wanted to do. And I chose cheer because I wanted to be involved in some sort of sport in high school. Um, and so I did that. And it kind of stunk because I was good at dance. I loved it. And, but um, I also loved cheer. And I still was able to you know, have a job and work, but still have family time and um, be able to go to church. And I loved family time. It was still fun even in high school. Um, and, um, but it worked out, though, because even though I only did cheer in high school, um, I still got to cheer all the way into college, and I cheered two years in college. And just because I made that sacrifice didn't mean I was sacrificing, you know, something I was good at. I was just choosing to do it in a different way. Yeah, and this was, I think if, you, if you're a parent of, of middle schoolers or high schoolers, you're going to, you feel this tension a lot. And, and that's where you look around, you're like, well, they're, they're letting their kid do this and this. And we made the decision, we wanted to, our family was more important and our faith was the most important. And so if we let our kids get overextended in their, in their extracurricular, that it was going to hurt our church time, hurt our faith time, hurt our family time. And so we kept those priorities high and those extracurricular came underneath it. Now they were important, but I want, I want you to hear what I said, because some of you are fighting this right now and you're so worried about it. Because we kept the right priority high and the extracurricular a little bit lower, we, we, it never would have dawned on us that, that she could be a college athlete. That, that wasn't, you know, we weren't raised her for that. But she, you know, did varsity three years. She cheered in college two years. And because our priority was, was right, she got to do the extracurricular down here at a higher level than we ever thought. You never did uh, competitive cheer uh, because that would have taken too much away. But she got to do it at a really high level. But guess what? When it was all over and that was completely taken away, our family time still remained. Her face still remained. You were talking about we last night hanging out. Yeah, last night we were all hanging out. My grandparents are here, and my uh, brother's girlfriend is here, and we were all hanging out in the living room, and we were just laughing so hard. We had tears. It was just fun, and um, I think had you know those sports and um, gotten in the way of that, then we wouldn't have that foundation of fun. And um, it, I don't know. I love coming home, and I feel like a lot of people don't have that opportunity, but because they made that decision. Um, when we were younger, it has paid off when we're older. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. and, and all of this, and kind of wrapping up this section about teenagers, I think that's really important. Um, yes, we had rules, and yes, we had r responsibilities, and yes, we had these expectations. But I really think that like our home and the love and the fun that was in it made you accept those differently. It, it didn't come across as like, here are the rules. You, you, man, we had fun. Like, we have, we have a fun family. 
Yeah, I'm much to like my mom in that if you give me hard roles, I'm going to want to do the exact opposite <laughs> um, of that. And so um, we had a lot of fun. And so there is a book, and it's called The Five Love Languages. Um, and it says that um, everybody either receives or gives love um, within one of these five. And um, there's quality time, physical touch, uh, acts of service, words of affirmation, and receiving gifts. I always nice. forget one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, but I'm really, really big quality time. Um, to me, it's fun um, just riding in the car with someone, going to get gas. All my friends, um, I've coined the term windshield time. And um, I love just having windshield time and getting to talk in the car. Um, and that's when I have my best conversations, I like to say. And, um, but Creed receives love, um, words of affirmation. So they made sure, and, you know, for him, you know, we're so proud of you. You did so good at this thing, um, whatever it may be. But they made sure to tell him. Um, whereas for me, it was really important to spend time with me. Um, and so knowing your kid's love language is a really big thing. Because um, if, you know, had they told me their whatever, you know, words of affirmation. Like he said, I'm not a physical touch person. Um, but had they told me, <laughs> um, but had they shown me love that way, I wouldn't have received it well. But because they spent time with me, I, I loved that. And that's how I feel yeah. loved. So. And so I think that, you know, it's so easy to accept and, and honor those rules and really internalize them when it's based in a foundation of that. So so you're an adult now. Uh, she of. just, yeah, so uh, <laughs> just so you know, so she has a job. She'll start next month. This week she passed her board exam, so she is now a registered nurse. Thank you. So, and I think thinking about adulthood, um, you know, obviously if you're a parent, if you really think ahead, depending on where you are, you're like, I want our child to, to, to uh, affirm their faith, to take what we've raised them in and bring that in, into themselves. And, and uh, certainly I, I see that within you and, and I'm very proud of that for you. Like you, you do love Jesus and you are uh, living out your faith in a, in a very real way. And, and so, um, you know, read for us uh, Proverbs 22, 6. I want to talk a little bit about what that, what that uh, looks like and how that's important um, in this stage of your life. Uh, if you have children a little bit younger so that it'll happen in the next stage. Yeah, so Proverbs 22, 6 says, um, start a youth out on his way. Even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. So um, when they dropped me off at college, because I had that foundation of um, what my face should look like, when they dropped me off at college, it wasn't, oh, I hope she still follows the Lord. It's exciting because they were excited to see how I grow, grew in my faith. Um, and so... I had the foundation of um, knowing how to pursue a relationship with the Lord and getting involved in a church and serving in a church and tithing and all of those things. And so when I went to college, it was a pretty smooth transition. And my freshman year was, it. there were definitely challenges for sure. It was kind of difficult at some times, but um, because I had the foundation of what following Christ looked like, I was able to, um, you know, enter that challenge head on and not run from it. Um, and so I was able to find a home church in Temple and I loved it and I got involved and I, um, you know, was able to lead a small group um, and I got involved on campus and on campus ministry and things like that. And so because I had that foundation, I was able to build upon it um, and still serve the Lord um, even when I was just on my own. Yeah. And so, so remember with your children, like you, you don't teach them this philosophy, like, hey, when you get on your own, you're going to want to tithe or, hey, you're going to want to serve the church or 
get them involved in doing those things as they grow up. Because even now, like we were talking a couple of days ago, you know, you're about to, you're about to move into your apartment and every and you know, like, hey, what churches you going to try out first? And it wasn't like you better try out the, you know, it's like, oh, I heard this is a good church. I'm gonna go here and try that, and just a fun uh, example. And so, I know a lot of you. Uh, maybe at this point, you know, you have adult children and you feel like um, either you did less than, than, than your best or, or some of you, you did a great job. That, that, print, that proverb, proverbs are not promises. It doesn't say, it doesn't promise that if you raise up your children well that they'll follow Christ. That's not a, it's not a promise, it's a principle. And some people raise their children very much in Christianity and their children just don't uh, or haven't yet responded as even as adults maybe are a little bit uh, wayward uh, from the Lord. And, you know, the Bible talks about in, in uh, Luke, the, the prodigal son and praying that that person comes home and repent and it's never too late. And so what I thought we would do uh, to end today is instead of us praying as a group uh, or me as your pastor praying over you, I thought it would be uh, fun for, for you to get prayed uh, from a child and from that perspective. So I asked Livy if she would, she would pray through those things today. And what, what I want her to do is just, uh, you know, pray through those different stages for you in your life and, and all the way through. Uh, maybe your children are very uh, successfully as adults living for Christ, or maybe they're not. Uh, and she's going to pray that they would, they would come back uh, into faith today for you. So, so let's pray, and Olivia is going to pray over us today. Dear Lord, thank you so much for um, the church that is River Valley and just getting to uh, grow closer to you. Um, and thank you so much for the children that are in this church and that um, we are able to share your word with them. Um, I just thank you so much for all the parents that are in the room, the one-day parents and the parents that have adult children. So I just thank you so much that um, they're here and serving you, Lord. And I just pray that um, they chase after you as hard as they can because um, their love for their children is an overflow of their love for you, Lord. Um, I just pray for the children that are younger, Lord, the children that are in the kids' ministry and the one-day um, kids, Lord, that you just allow them to get saved when they're young um, and just never stray from the narrow path, Lord, that they um, receive you and know your love and they just continue on that path. Um, I pray for the middle schoolers and the teenagers that um, as they continue to start on their own journey, that they um, choose to follow you, Lord, and the ones that are adults that are um, following you. I just praise you for that and thank you for that. Um, but the ones that aren't following you, Lord, I pray over them that you just bring them home because there is no other way through you except for through you. Um, and so I just pray that you just bring them home um, and let them know that they are loved by you. And yeah, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So let's stand, and what I want you to do right now is we're going to worship, but I want you to worship in faith that the prayers that Olivia just prayed for your family have come to pass. Uh, maybe you're not even a parent yet, but you hope to be a parent someday that, that, that you know, God would, would bless you with children and that they would grow to, to fear and love Jesus Christ as their Lord, uh, that your teenagers are walking in faith with, with Christ, that your children are accepting Christ very early in life and coming to know him, that, that your adult children uh, who are living for Christ are passing that on to successive generations. We talk a lot about generational Christianity here at River Valley, but also praising him in faith. If you've got adult children today, who aren't following. Praise Jesus right now in faith that what Olivia just prayed and they would come back like the prodigal son. Praise Jesus right now as if that's already happened. 
as if he's already brought them back and you, you uh, see them in church and you see them repent of their sin. You see them following Jesus and praise him in faith because he is a faithful and wonderful God. And as much as you love your children, it pales in comparison to how much that the father loves your children. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.